0: Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Spider Pig, Spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. Can he swing? From a web. No, we can't. He's a pig. Look out. He is a spider pig.
2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. <laughs> i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug and you know swine everywhere are reveling because it's national pigs in a blanket day now why we have a holiday dedicated to pigs and blankets is just beyond me i think i need to take this up with someone while i figure out who on today's show we're talking about planning in a time of crisis what moves should you make now and which ones are better left alone To discuss this important topic today, we welcome USA Today columnist and Mr. CEO of Hey Money, Pete the Planner. And from the Afford Anything podcast, Paula Pant. And now, you might have heard of him before, but last but not least, it's some dude named OG. But that's not all. Have you ever wondered how to experiment with individual stocks without losing your shirt? Today, we'll talk to one of the people behind Blue Chip, Michael Patak. Of course, we'll still magnify a listener's money question and serve up some of my amazing trivia. Now, the guy who has plenty of insulation, he don't need no blanket, it's Joe Salcija. I
0: think it's a fat guy joke. Nice job, Doug. Hey everybody. Welcome to Pigs Podcasting. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Show Money on Twitter. And joining me across the card table for another day, six feet away from me, Mr. OG.
1: Pigs Podcasting. I'm I'm finishing out the last little remnants of Easter candy. You were. That's what, that's what we're working you were on.
0: Gobbling those things down before we hit record, like it was nobody's business. Getting the sugar going. That's good.
1: Yeah, a little energy. You know, it's a Friday. It, nobody really wants to be working anyway. So, you know, you gotta Good point. Yes. But but now I'm gonna have pigs in a blanket tonight for dinner. So mm-hmm.
0: and a woman who it's good to see she's got more energy uh from outside Las Vegas or inside La- somewhere around Las Vegas, it's Paula Pant.
3: I uh have more energy. I've got my energy back. I'm sitting here drinking a vegetable juice and I'm Pretty much back to health. I'm Coughing a little bit, still taking cough syrup. But other than that, I'm solid. I'm normal again. I think vegetable juice,
0: number one, vegetable juice and I'm solid don't go together. I was going to say, uh, I think you think you still have something wrong. I think, I think it's not good. <laughs> but then number two, vegetable juice is kind of an abomination,
3: isn't it? Oh, uh, so I make my own because the stuff that you buy at the store, I think, is just not good enough. I made this in a blender with carrots, celery, green leaf lettuce, scallions, tomatoes, and sixteen drops of hot sauce. It's, but not- how
0: much tequila?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's cut to the chase, Paula. Yeah, not only OG does she like vegetable juice; she's a vegetable juice snob. I make my own. Yes, I make my own. <laughs> right. Like
1: you can see it, and I thought it was a chocolate shake. I'm like, right on, right chocolate <laughs> shake for podcasting. I like it.
0: And a guy (laughs) back to save the podcast. It's about time we have him back. I love it every time he's here. Our good friend from Indianapolis, Mr. Pete the Planner's here. How are you, man?
4: I'm really good. I'm not drinking homemade vegetable (laughs) juice, and I'm also not recovering from something awful. But I'm really glad Paul is okay. That's all where my mind is right now, honestly.
0: And you're happy she's in Vegas and you're in Indianapolis. Let's be real.
4: I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, yeah, it's true.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: Does it make you feel uh, wanted? There's Paula? no
3: way I can cough on you. No,
0: that's right. Fair enough. Coughing over the internet. Hey, today's show, guys, is brought to you by the Stacker. That is our. Uh, newsletter where you can find out not just everything that's happening here in the basement, but you can also keep up with Joe's financial foibles, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker. I got the word foibles in that's a, a good square on the bingo board. We've got Pete here. We got Paula here. We got OG. Let's get the party started.
5: Hello darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamins headlines.
0: Our headline today comes to us from Kiplinger. And it's written by certified financial planner, Lisa Brown, a coronavirus checklist tips for your mental and financial health. And I've noticed, Pete, as I'm watching your videos, that uh, part of your mental health has been having the family (laughs) together, together on your videos. And, and, And I'm joking, but actually, let's make it a little serious. There's a lot of people working at home now, kids running around trying to keep a full time job. This idea of mentally keeping it together is a big thing.
4: Yeah, I go back and forth from screaming, "I'm on a call," to randomly walking out and getting a loving hug from my son. Like, so the, it's we. I mean, look, we all have our ups and downs through this thing, but I have to admit, reconnecting with the family is has been good for my mental health, especially when you get off tough calls. I was talking to hospitality workers in Indianapolis, right when this thing hit. Man, I was hearing the worst stories I've heard my entire career about. People not qualifying for unemployment with three single daughter or or he was single with three daughters. I guess they were also single as well, but they were in elementary school. So that's healthy, Uh, but awful stories. And so, yeah, Joe, I, I think we all do whatever we can to find some peace of mind with this thing.
0: Yeah. And I think, Paula, on the other side of that, talking to people living alone, I mean, A, we were all worried about you being alone with coronavirus, number one, but also talking to my friends that are alone, staying out of your flipping head during this thing gets more difficult every day, I would think.
3: It it does. It does. So, yeah, so first of all, when I was sick with coronavirus, the, the hardest part about living alone was at the times in which I was too weak to really get out of bed, not having somebody who could just bring me a, a Tylenol or bring me a glass yeah. of water. That part was really tough, but yeah, I've read so many people who have said like, "Oh, I feel sorry for the people who live alone at this time, this time of social distancing and, and home isolation." I've actually really been enjoying it. I'm kind of naturally a homebody anyway, so this allows me to be a homebody, but without the FOMO. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Nobody else is doing anything.
3: <laughs> I know what, exactly.
0: I know what you're doing. You're doing exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to read the piece line by line, but I do want to use this just as a, a way for us to to have a good conversation. Uh, one of the first things that the author writes, OG, is now isn't the time to make major changes to your financial or investment strategy. And it's not just because of the fact that the market's all over the place, but also because mentally you might not be in the same space you're usually in. Part of
1: financial planning is recognizing that things aren't going to go your way and to have a game plan for that before things don't go your way. People say, how do I react to, you know, this thing that's going on? And, and the reality is, is that people never react well to anything. People who are great planners act on things. And, and and part of your plan, uh, before this hopefully was some stress testing and hopefully was a little bit of, uh, what if planning, you know, what if things don't go exactly according to plan. And for those people who were lucky enough to just kind of bury their head in the sand for, you know, uh, a few weeks, we're certainly back, not back to normal. And we're certainly not back to, from an investment level, where things were. But if you had done nothing, which a lot of times is the right thing to do in this case, the downturn that happened in March is partially now recovered. So that's helpful. But then like you said, Joe, when it comes to making decisions, this is a terrible time to be making a decision. You don't want to mix emotionally challenging times and financial decisions at the same time. They're 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 not going to end well generally.
0: Peter, you in the Hey Money team, are you guys fielding a lot of calls from people wanting to change the plan?
4: Uh mainly the economic fallout calls are what we're getting. Very few market calls. We haven't talking to hundreds of people a week. It's funny. We're in a sort of a sinking ship as a nation, as an economy. Yet we happen to sell buckets for a living, which is sort of a weird, which is a weird sort of thing. We built this for this moment, but now that it's happening, uh, and we're talking to hundreds, of, hundreds of people a week, it's a little strange to be honest with you. But I, of the three problems that we're facing—the virus, the economy, and the market getting beaten up—the market being okay was the one thing I was pretty sure was going to happen. Because it always does. We don't know how long the economy is going to be beat up. And we certainly have no idea what's going on with the virus. But I I think all of us in this call know that the market will always eventually be fine. And it has proven that time and time again. So I don't know. I think with the advent of social media and Twitter and all those sorts of things, personal finance experts have done a better job of getting the mass public to settle down in moments like this. It doesn't feel as frenetic as it was 20 years ago.
0: Why is it though, Paula, that it's usually during times like this that people want to abandon the ship, abandon the plan?
3: I think it's often because people convince themselves that something unprecedented has happened. And so they they tell themselves the story of now I have new information that's different from the information that I had last year or two years ago. So I've heard many of my friends, like the friends who are most wanting to sell They don't think to themselves, I'm panicking, like they're not conscious or characterizing it as panic. They're simply telling themselves the narrative like this is unprecedented. We have never had a worldwide pandemic in our lifetimes. That means that the rules are different, you know, because the rules are suddenly different. That means that I should pull all of my money out of the market because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So that's, that's essentially the thought process that, that some friends have expressed to me.
0: Yeah. We actually had somebody that put a little stank on our show saying that, uh, we have talked about the fact that, oh gee, you and I have been through this now three different times between 2000 to 2002, the 2007, 2008 collapse. And then this, and somebody said, well, yeah, you've been through this, but you've never been through this this, mm. but, 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 but every time, OG, uh, the only,
1: the only history is the history. You don't know is yes. that, uh, who's who, which quote is that, is every, that a Mark Twain quote? Is it a Woodrow Wilson or not a Woodrow Wilson? He doesn't quote. He doesn't of a lot of famous quotes. Who's the, uh, I think uh, it was Steve-O Churchill, Steve-O, Steve-O. That's yeah, another one. <laughs> it could have been him. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. You know, <laughs> Woodrow Wilson, Steve-O, one of those two guys yeah. had this one. Then.
0: Yes both, but, it, both national sure. heroes but doesn't that happen every time every time we're told this is different og sure absolutely and
1: in some respects it kind of is different ball like you said you know we've never had in our lifetime and there's not a lot of people whose lifetimes this has happened in you know i, I like reading the stories of you know the 104 year old battled this <laughs> twice like <laughs> gave it the double bird on both sides basically you know it's <laughs> like yes but um uh, thankfully by the way I'm not upset about this i'm not I'm not angry that I didn't have to deal with this when I was younger or a kid or you know any other time in in history over the last hundred years but if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck it's probably a duck and that's what this is this is just a duck by a different a different name and the next thing that happens will be something else that's never happened before like Pete said from a market standpoint from an investment standpoint we know not the day nor the hour of what the bottom is, nor the top. But I know where it'll be in 50 years from now. And it's going to be a lot higher than today. So if I still have 50 year money, which a lot of people do, then you should have 50 year investments and be okay with that.
0: The second point, Pete, uh, that Lisa makes here that she says you should do. So you shouldn't make decisions around changing your overall financial strategy, but you should reassess your cash position. Do you agree with that? To some degree. I mean,
4: uh, what I, just found, I found interesting is there have been some personal finance rules that have been broken over the last month and a half, and rightfully so. The idea that if you're trying to aggressively pay off debt, for instance, maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe you go cash heavy. So I think that's a big thing. I, mean, I think you've got people who are just addicted to paying off debt, and we're going to be mortgage-free in two years and all of this. And it's like, you know. That strategy is a little interesting right now. I know that's become the popular movement of be completely debt-free. And by the way, I I subscribe to that to some degree, not all the way. But I think right now, people are breaking personal finance rules and cash positions, one of them.
0: Who should be breaking that rule right now?
4: No, anyone that doesn't have a three-month emergency fund at the very least. It's crazy how many times I've had to tell people who've asked individual personal questions, Yeah, you should pay minimum payments on your debts and actually just get as much cash in the bank as you can. And they
0: think you're nuts.
4: Well, yeah, but I tell them before they tell me I'm nuts that I'm nuts.
0: I (laughs) I say, hey, look, what
4: I'm about to tell you is nuts, (laughs) and I I pre- apologize to everyone. But this is what this is the advice, and and that's the challenge with this. It's for years we've been screaming, please have three months emergency fund, please have three months emergency fund, and now that people don't. We can't sit there and just say, I told you so. Right. We have to try to fix what's left. And, and that's what a lot of people in our business have been doing.
1: Don't say, I told you so. <laughs> Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I won't. I won't I strike st- it's strike that for me, too. It doesn't help.
3: It's friendlier just to say, told you.
1: <laughs> Don't yeah. look now, but guess who has two thumbs and was right about this one? <laughs> this guy.
0: You can do the Dr. Phil, so no emergency fund. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you so far? Yeah. That's right. Paula, her next point is for those working, invest more money in a 401k retirement account. What do you think about that?
3: Oh, heck yeah. I love that. If you have a solid emergency fund, like if the fundamentals of your basic day-to-day life are taken care of, I love the idea of increasing your contributions to retirement funds right now because the market is is lower than it has been for a while so you can pick up you can pick up index funds at a cheap price right now
0: last thing she says here OG is uh even though you're sticking close to home get the heck out of dodge take a walk every day leave your phone at home exercise
1: this is the probably the most important thing and I've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks that I've noticed there's more people outside my kids are going outside the neighborhood kids are going outside they're not playing together they look at each other from across the street and wave but um this is maybe a little bit of a strategic byproduct of this kind of uh, quarantining ourselves is that we start realizing that there's other things to do other than sit inside and play on our phones and watch movies and and commute and all these other sorts of things that really just kind of suck the life out of everybody so you have to take care of yourself and when you have that stress, that extra stress of, and then I also take care of all these other people. If you live in a big household or you have a lot of moving parts, you got little kids at home and two working parents and you're trying to juggle all that. You have to take a step back and just, it's okay to have a little me time. It's okay to have a little bit of detox time and wherever you can steal it, you should. The great news is that if you're working from home, you can just be like, oh, I don't want to do the camera thing guys. And then you just do your zoom call while you're walking, you put yourself on mute and nobody knows the wiser. So,
0: But don't take it to the bathroom. We've all seen that video. <laughs>
5: Watch
1: don't out. Don't do that one. Watch out for Change that Change your clothes. or But that's why I said you just don't have the video yeah. on
0: and you can go for a walk. Most of us have, uh, I think a lot of us have kind of mantras that helps us get through this. Pete, what would you say is kind of your mantra these days?
4: As of late, it's that people are going to have to refight battles that they've already won. You know, I think a lot of people have made a lot of personal finance progress over the years and unfortunately some of that sweater is going to unwind <laughs> in this time frame. And so my personal mantra even goes back to our, my business itself. It's like, look, we built a monster. Yes. It's getting affected <laughs> by like everything else, but we're the people who built it so we can build it again. And I, I think just the general person needs to understand, maybe you paid off a ton of debt, maybe you built a rental property empire, maybe you did all these things and they're starting to fall apart. Well, guess what? You're the right person because you did it the first time. And and that's, that's my mantra right
0: now. What's yours, Paula?
3: I don't have a mantra specifically, but yesterday, actually, I went into Evernote. I opened up a new document in Evernote. I titled it Paula's Money Rules. And I wrote down 15 rules, like firm rules about the management of money that I should be obeying for the rest of my life. And so on that list included... A minimum three-month emergency fund for personal expenses, a minimum 12-month emergency fund for business expenses. And I actually have a rule that says, you know, nothing else on this list matters if those two things aren't taken care of first. That's actually one of the rules as well. Nothing about red wine in your
0: hand or anything like that. That seems important. Or vegetable juice. Vegetable, ve- vegetable I'm sorry, vegetable God, juice. There's I got a that wrong.
1: linkage there, Joe. Get with the times. I know, you
0: right. got to keep the
1: storyline intact for crying I, out loud. I, I
3: you know, Focus. because I've had coronavirus, I've actually not only been alcohol free for a month, I've been caffeine free. Oh. Caffeine free since <laughs> March 20th. <laughs> I'm laughing uh, because edges
1: of Honor? I'm not exactly sure. I just I, I, uh, I really got to be honest. <laughs>
0: but I'm but I'm laughing because if there's one time to go through that caffeine withdrawal headache, it's while I have coronavirus. <laughs> like yes. I, yeah. I, I'm so busy sweating and wondering if I'm going to live tomorrow that I don't even notice the fact that I got a caffeine headache.
3: I mean, I I was too sick to drink a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then and then once I recovered, I was like, wow, I'm you know I'm the type of person who can't start her day without coffee. So once I recovered, I was like, let's see how long I can keep this up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't. Well done. I can't. I can't do that. I got to make sure I never get it because I couldn't do that. Well done. Yes.
1: (laughs) I was thinking one of my personal beliefs is if I'm going to be sick, I might as well be drunk.
3: Yeah.
5: (laughs) So
1: so I just feel like. I would have been drunk and with coronavirus <laughs> at the same time. Just, I am not sure how those two <laughs> things match up. Frankly, uh,
0: probably do not take <laughs> medical advice from our <laughs> show. Please do not take medical advice. My, uh,
1: that's my, that's my medical advice mantra. My, oh, um, oh boy. my coronavirus one or the pandemic one is, uh, what I've been putting on every email is be of good cheer. There's there's God darn it. You know, we were talking about social media and stuff like that. And I can't stand everybody who you know, I mean, there's there's so much political, you know, vitriol between everybody on this. There's some like, how about we just get better? Can we just do that? Can we all just like tie a yellow ribbon around the tree? Try to like have Fourth of July be a good party where we all lock arm in arm. That's not six feet
0: apart Virtually. for once. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's partly because we're all in such co- close quarters now with people that we don't necessarily like, could you imagine this is a little side note. My, my in-laws were going to come down in March and we're like, no, you should probably stay. Holy dodged a bullet there. <laughs> I mean, I love them, but can you imagine like, like th- they p- can't legally can't go home. Like you can't do you kick them out and make them live in the street or something. I don't know. So just be kind to everybody you know, be kind to your neighbor virtually and your kids and your family.
0: While you always make decisions differently when there's money on the line, one thing I've always liked are these simulators where you can learn how all the buttons work, how exactly to interface I mean a lot of people don't even know anything about trading and it's intimidating imagine you've never pressed the button to buy anything and yet you're putting your money on the line inside your Roth IRA to go buy stuff well a company called blue chip changes all of that uh, spelled B L U E C H X P they have simulator so if you want to practice buying exchange-traded funds or individual stocks, they've got you covered. So let's say hello to the CEO of Blue Chip, Mike Patak. And I'm my dad shortwave. It's my new friend, Mike Patak. Mike, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you today? Well, I'm fantastic. I love this idea, especially, and I don't have to tell you how the market's been lately Mike <laughs> you you're on top of it much more than I am, but especially in this type of market, I think it makes a lot of new investors feel uneasy. Somebody that doesn't know how brokerages work they get all they get all worried about it, so I think it's the perfect time to talk to a guy like you. But what I want to do, what I like doing is hearing about origin stories. How did you guys actually come up with Blue Chip? Tell me about how you got started.
5: Well, I got started by first the story goes way back to when I was a kid trading. I lost three thirty thousand dollar trading accounts. Before Holy I, moly! <laughs> yeah, before I ever learned how to trade, uh, I grew up in Nebraska. Always the last people to know. Nothing against Nebraska, but always no, I had nobody around me that knew the markets or anything like that. But TD Ameritrade, which was just a Ameritrade at that time, opened up, and I dropped off. Um, I had a vending machine company. I was an entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff. So I dropped off thirty grand here, and then thirty grand, thirty grand over the course of eighteen. Since I was eighteen years old to about twenty-three years old, I lost ninety thousand dollars. That was trading in the live markets, and I remember getting baptized by fire. Literally, I was just like, man, this is. I'm getting crushed. I love trading. I'm having big swings, but I had no dis- discipline, no risk management, anything like that. How can you, you?
0: How can you just to stop you for a second? Yeah. How can you lose thirty thousand dollars on three separate occasions and still enjoy it? It,
5: it was over time. I mean, <laughs> one one of them was the pump and dumps. I mean, I started trading in '98, '99. Okay. Uh, Things were really moving back then. Sure. I graduated from college in '02 and i still wanted to trade i was out of money i had to sell my vending company to uh pay off one of my 30,000s cuz that was a line of credit that i pulled out but uh long story short on that one i moved to chicago and got with a prop firm here and they put me on a simulator it's the first thing they go you're hired we're not paying you you got to show us on a simulator you could trade and we'll flip the switch live and i remember being like hey I, I, you know what do i got to do they're like you got to show us a you know $300 daily average without losing $300 in a day and that little one-to-one risk-reward ratio is, at the time uh, was huge. For one, it threw me back. I'm like, okay, I traded bigger than that. And I remember the guy who hired me goes, hey, uh, there's a reason why you're here. So you're hired, show us this on a simulator, we'll flip it live. And I, I proved that out and I found out the importance of, of learning on a sim. A lot of people don't
0: know what a prop firm is. Can you just tell us what that what that is, what you're talking about?
5: Yeah, it's basically uh, you have the opportunity to trade somebody else's money. So you come in there, either they hire you based on a resume, they hire you based on your, they know your uncle, <laughs> they hire you based on uh, your own performance. And this firm hired you on if you could showcase your abilities in the simu- on a simulator trading the market that they were going to back you on, um, they would put the money behind you and you would split your profits 50-50 with them. So you had no risk on the table, but you did have to prove yourself. So I did that and I proved myself and I became a prop trader for them. Tell me about that on a daily basis.
0: Uh, how high would your blood pressure get, or did you get pretty good at controlling that?
5: Well, I guess it was like the first time I really started watching my downside. The, uh, th- I never really watched my downside too much. I always had this ego of it's going to go up, it's going to go the direction I-, I want it to go. I never really had stops in on my in, in the early days. And it wasn't until I started watching my downside and them saying, hey, you have a $300 daily loss limit. When you hit this, your whole system locks you out and you can't trade anymore for the day. Um, You know, you take the train into work, take the train back home. That costs you money. You're not getting paid. Uh, You had to pay for lunch and you're sitting there trading. So last thing I want to do is lock myself out of, you know, trading. So I always watch my downside. And that really helped me to learn, you know, how to put days together, how to put weeks together and then how to build your account watching your downside. If you watch your downside, the profits tend to take care of themselves. That's funny. One of my favorite books from the nineties, Mike, and it's a pretty boring book for
0: people out there, by the way, but the lessons in are good, but it's incredibly dry. It's a book called trading rules. And it's a guy, I believe Mm -hmm. he was on the mercantile exchange and, um, One of his trading rules is specifically about working your downside. And as you know, over there, they're doing something far more risky than most of our listeners are doing every day. And he was far more worried about his downside than, you know, probably most people listening to this get worried about their downside.
5: Exactly. And the downside is so important. It it put me in the position where I ended up going from a prop trader. I got out of uh, being a prop trader and traded my own money in the trading pits electronically using the same risk reward that I learned with that group and building my account up, having one of my best trading years in 2008 during the financial crisis. And then I remember thinking, you know what? Things started slowing down. I, I come from an entrepreneurial background. That's when like blue chip popped in my head and said, what about, you know, when your teacher said, hey, pick a stock. We're going to watch it. Yeah. The, the, all that kind of stuff. Like I never got that experience in like the simulator too much. I jumped right into the markets and I lost a lot of money. I can only imagine how many people got crushed last week uh, with the big moves and, and whatnot. And and uh, <clears throat> so the coronavirus and, and the volatility here, you've got to understand risk management. And how do you learn that? Uh, When you're so focused on making as much as you possibly can. So those lessons all taught me, taught me that. I then started trading well on my own and started blue chip to help other people learn before they ever risk anything. Have that safe, fun gateway. I know people want to be educated, but they'd rather be entertained. Smash those together. Smash those together and say, hey, always make sure you have your risk parameters set. We make that fun when you're in the app. Um, so each time you make a, a stock pick, you're always you know, setting how much you're willing to risk, how much you're looking to profit. So there's your risk reward. And, you know, funny thing with being profitable and being consistently profitable. If you have a, say, $100 loser and a $200 winner, you only have to be right 40 percent of the time to be consistently profitable. I mean, <laughs> you keep that map on your side. That's what we try to help people understand. and and guide them and then get them in a position where, you know, they're going to be trading on our, on, on blue chips, brokerage account, which we plan to launch here soon. Gotcha. Well, let's walk through
0: it. I'm at the app store right now and, and looking at the screens, is that the first place people go if they want to get their hands on blue chip?
5: Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, we're on iOS right now. what's great about that is you can download all your iOS fans. We have an Android wait list. It's growing and uh, you download the app. And then you're going to get basically the minute you get in the app, You're gonna get guided by Coach Blue, and think of uh, if you could smash up Duolingo meets Robin Hood, uh, that little owl owl of Duolingo and and the simplicity of Robin Hood. You know, you got blue chip, and you got this Coach Blue that's gonna sit there in in the corner, and and as you make good trades and winners and losers, the it it's not a he or she; it's a a humanoid that uses your data. Uh, and your behaviors and lets you know how to be a better active investor. I mean, cause that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, I call it trading, but it's active investing It's taking advantage of short-term opportunities, managing risk and reward. So it's not really focused on long-term investing of building a portfolio. It's more about building your, your wallet, taking advantage of short-term opportunities, whether it be a couple of days, a week or a month. That's the premise of the app is to get you comfortable getting in and out uh, understanding that losses will happen. Just make sure you manage them with loss limits uh, sure. on each of your trades. So, yeah. And by the way, everybody, it's spelled blue C H X P when you're
0: looking it up and we'll have a link by the way, on our show notes page at stacking A couple more questions. Um, I'm looking at the screens and there's a photo of a woman here. It, her name is uh queen soul and it says that she's pro. And from that, I guess. Tell me about how this works. You talk about leveling up. So I guess pro must be one of the levels. Tell me a little bit about that.
5: Pro is the final destination is to get yourself to a position where you you achieve pro. We have levels one through 10 tennis pro. And basically these levels, the whole concept is you're making stock trades, stock picks. So they're simulated. And as you build up your simulated profits, you can take those profits and level, use those profits to level up. And that gets you closer and closer to pro. Uh, It's kind of like booking profits, put in your pocket and paying yourself type deals. Cause our whole goal again is teaching you how to actively invest, be in the market, take advantage of short term opportunities, come out, pull that money aside, go back into the markets with that risk to reward. So she had reached pro. uh, We have a lot of people that have reached pro and uh, right now currently they get $500 and they can use that anywhere they want to invest. Uh, we will be uh, launching a brokerage solution here for everybody that they have that $500 sitting in their brokerage account and they can trade and, and enjoy uh, the experience of blue chip on a simulated and take those skills into their blue chip brokerage account and do the exact same thing. So that's what she has achieved. And uh, we have other people that have achieved that in our community. And it's exciting seeing them get to that goal. And the cost to join, I'm assuming that is zero. It's free. Correct. Gotcha.
0: And how do you guys plan to make money then once the brokerage account launches?
5: That is a form of making money on that one. So we are looking at that down the road. Currently, we have a subscription model. It's called Blue Chip Plus. That gives you more buying power. It gives you the ability to take more risks. So if you really like a stock, you can double or triple down on it, uh, so to speak. If you're a free user, your picks force you to diversify. You can't go all in on one one stock. So if you'd like to be a, a a subscriber of the blue chip plus you can um, have more buying power. You can pick the same stock uh, five times in a row and uh double down, triple down on the stock or go all in on it. And that just helps you understand that there is more risk and you're paying for that risk. I was going to say, it helps you understand
0: you probably don't want to do that most of the time.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some people think, you know, more buying power gets you to the goal quicker. Well, if you don't know what you're doing, it gets you, you know, negative quicker.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's got to be, from the developer side of this, it's got to be exciting watching people use it. Has anything surprised you about the way you've
5: seen people using blue chip? Uh, We have thousands of people playing it, and and I say playing it because it is a a simulated experience, but it's, it's like you're playing the market. What, what i'm seeing is people managing their risk you know you hear about all these apps that are out there that people can be in the markets but nobody ever talks about where they're getting out getting out is like the hardest part whether it's to the downside or the upside so getting in is one point but getting out is another so you see people set their their downside stop loss and their upside and it automatically right when you get into say you pick tesla and you have a, a three to one risk to reward it basically cuts you off if a hundred dollars uh losses happen or if a three hundred dollar winner has happened and now you're ready to make another pick with that same risk to reward so it helps you manage that risk to reward
0: that's really cool. And I know that you guys are obviously moving quickly right now. You already said that Android is coming. Brokerage is coming. Is there anything else mm-hmm. that uh, you're excited about that are features that you're playing with that might people might see?
5: Features? Uh, well, there's the, the Coach Blue, and that's the really exciting part is our virtual trading coach. Coach Blue is going to be a little bit more engaging uh, along their path. Uh, Right now, he's kind of in the onboarding experience. He's going to be along the path as you have, say, three losers in a row. Coach Blue pops in there and says, hey, take a break, Joe. Uh, You're affecting your win rate, and you want to keep your win rate above 40 with a two-to-one risk reward to be consistently profitable. Why don't you go take a 15-minute break? So letting you know these type of things is what you don't get anywhere else. Uh, Eventually, we'll have – You know, using the other community data to say, hey, so-and-so leveled up by doing this. Or uh, so-and-so became pro today with this type of win to reward. And it helps you understand risk management. That's what I like about what we're trying to do here. We're focusing on helping people manage their risk, being risk conscious when they go into the markets. It's so interesting. I love the fact that people can get their feet wet and
0: learn about trading especially in these markets. And I love the fact that you can make some really bad mistakes and not lose your ass. <laughs> I like, mm-hmm. I, I like that. Mike, thanks a ton for hanging out with us for a few minutes and talking about blue chip with us and everybody, by the way, we'll have a link to blue chip again on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com
5: Yeah. If you want to check it out, you can use the, uh, we got an invite code for everybody here oh, called cool. stacking Benjamins. Yeah. Just use type in stacking Benjamins. You'll be, uh, Given some nice perks. Awesome. Cool. And we'll have that link on our show notes page at com. Great stuff. Thanks for having me on.
2: Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I know all of you get a kick out of the holiday calendar that Joe's mom gets me every year. But for crying out loud, I mean, pigs in a blanket day? We're in the middle of a global pandemic and we're worried about making sure that pigs have blankets do pigs even need blankets these people i think it's time for me to write a note to the official holiday creators and get this day removed from being an official holiday hey what are these huh that's pretty good Well man that's pretty good these little hot dogs and uh inside these pillsbury rolls wow hey here's your trivia companies make lots of money by using characters so how about this one What year was the Pillsbury Doughboy introduced? (laughs) While you think that over, I just came up with a great idea for a snack.
0: All right. Uh, For those of you new to this show, we have a year-long competition between Paula, OG, and Len. And uh, today, Pete, you're playing the part of Len Penzo. Congratulations. Congratulations.
4: Sorry, Len, this is gonna be bad for you.
0: You guys, by the way, have very similar hairstyles. I just have to say you and <laughs> the you no and, hairstyle, <laughs> very much. The score so far this year, OG has six. Len slash Pete today has five, and Paula is all the way up to three. Woo! Making a move up. I'm
3: catching up.
0: Making a move up. All you had to do was sweat it out. That's that's what happened. You got that temperature <laughs> up, and now the brain's going, and you're good. So that means, Paula, you get to decide first. Are you going to guess first in the middle or last?
3: I will take the last guess.
0: Pete, you're up next, and we've changed it since the last time you were on. Now it's just closest. It's no longer closest without going over. So would you like, and I know that makes all the difference in the world, and I know you're way uptight about this, but would you like to go in the middle or first?
4: Uh, I'll take the Jan Brady slot, the middle child. Case.
0: <laughs> right. And, oh, gee, that means you're kicking it off. Pillsbury Doughboy made a lot of money for that company. Well, probably not personally, but helped them make a lot of money.
1: What year? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Pillsbury Doughboy. That seems like something that could have been around a long time, like um, the Mr. Peanut guy, you know, that they killed. And then did he... Is he resurrected now? I'm. I'm he came back followed. as like a baby yeah, peanut. Yeah, yeah. He's
3: he? he's back.
1: Yes. They it's
3: killed like him those... and they brought him back like Sherlock Holmes. It was a very
1: important like a small spotlight. peanut though. Is he a baby peanut? Is that the deal? I'm not sure. It's not the but, size uh, of peanut.
5: Yeah.
1: Honda <laughs> <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy. Um, let that go across the plate. Uh, so I. I'm going to say, uh, 1931, 1931,
4: Pete. You know, I, I just get this image of like the Pillsbury Doughboy talking about baking up, uh, war bonds or something, you yeah, know, just yeah.
1: like, war
4: bonds. <laughs> so I, I was thinking in the same area, um, ah, ah, oh man, it's just too tight, but I'm going to go 1925, 1925.
0: Five for Pete. So, Paula, interesting.
3: So, closest. The rule is closest. Uh, So, I'm going to guess 1932. 1932. (laughs) That way I capture anything that's after that.
0: And at the very least, uh, it'll be very difficult for OG to amass a bigger lead on you. (laughs) At least keeps the leader at bay. Maybe. All right. Well, you know what we do here? We would tell you the answer, but we have to make you wait. We're going to be right back with that well hey stackers let's take this moment to talk about the stacker which is our newsletter and not only do i want to talk about the newsletter here today i want to talk about all the stuff going on in the basement because we've been working hard to try to make sure that you have the resources that you need to go forward of course another round of the ppp coming out so we are right now actively thinking about that for all of you small business owners of course we're also worried about the fact that you're stuck at home. So what better use of your time than to do some decluttering? And that's why we had Tracy McCubbin on last week. And of course, people looking at all kinds of investment opportunities or maybe traps, which we think is the case with oil right now. A lot of people are going to get their fingers burned buying oil this last week. And that's why we talked to Dr. Daniel Crosby. Of course, healthcare is on everyone's mind right now. That's why we had Scott Heiser on. So if you're not a member of our YouTube channel, you definitely want to tune in to that. Just go to YouTube, put in Stacking Benjamins, and subscribe. And of course, you'll find out when we go live over there at The Stacker. And by the way, besides that, when you subscribe to The Stacker, I know some of you are still waiting for... An episode where I detail Cheryl and I talking about our budget, line item by line item. It's actually super easy. It's a super short email, and it's coming this week for those of you caught up. If you're not caught up, you'll start at the beginning where we talk about starting off the next 12 months right. We talk about setting your goals in all different areas of your life. And then next, after that, in email number two, we talk about launching your financial Rocket And really what the main thing is that I think fuels your financial rocket. So all the resources, what's going on in the basement at the stacker com forward slash stacker. It looks like we're going to have another busy week here in the basement. Catch all of it at com forward slash stacker. So, OG, you kicked this thing off in 1931. Sounded really good until Paula got in the game there. Yep. Oh, well. (laughs) peep at the good news I guess I I got what 1931 to 1927 is that my my range
1: or 1927 and a half
0: you got like yeah 1927 and a half so Pete you got 1927 and before if this thing was created in 1482 you won you got it you got to feel good about that I feel
4: as good as Christopher Columbus did about having three ships apparently (laughs) allegedly
0: and then Paula any day after 1932 is yours
3: yeah, I, I feel pretty confident about that, because honestly, when I heard the question, the first year that popped into my head was 1958. Oh. So I think he was created in the, in the 50s.
0: Well, let's yeah. see who's right. Doug?
2: Hey there, trivia fans. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, here. And I thought that I'm onto something. Wrap these hot dogs with the Pillsbury dough, and you got an amazing treat. You just gotta have it, you probably never had one because I just invented it, but it's amazing. Wait till I show Joe's mom this. It's impossible to stay worked up when you've got delicious treats, isn't it? Okay, well, before I go announce this new treat to the world, here's your trivia answer. The question was this, what year was the Pillsbury Doughboy introduced? (laughs) Well, it may seem like the Doughboy has been around forever. He's almost as old as Joe is. He was first introduced in 1965. Time to get the word out about these hot dogs in a roll, though. I gotta pull in my marketing team on this one. It's gonna be huge.
3: Woohoo! I feel like victory on two fronts because not only did I win through like my strategy, but also my my actual guess, which was 1958, was pretty darn close.
0: It's impressive. And and now you're going to brag about that all week until we get back together next week, aren't you, Paula?
3: I mean, I got nothing else to do. <laughs> that's right. She's cool.
0: going to be online. Who's, who's got two thumbs and knows the Pillsbury Doughboy answer? It's, <laughs> it's, it's Paula. And by the way, Doug, I'm uh, after 1965. So fat guy joke to start the show and then old guy joke after that. That's pretty, that's 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 not good. But Pete and OG, you guys uh, a little early.
4: Well, uh, just, it looks like Lynn will be sending me even more hate email, uh, in the coming weeks. So sorry about that, buddy.
0: Yeah, but he already does. Sure.
4: That's exactly right.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, let's take out the magnifying glass and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to you courtesy of magnify money.com. Pete, you know what happens when you go to stack dot Benjamins.com forward slash magnify money. You have the greatest moment of your life. It is incredible. It's like the Second angels sing <laughs> the angels sing. The clouds part, and you find out that 92% of the products available online all ranked at Magnify Money. And those brick-and-mortar tools you've been using, like that old checking account with fees, or the savings account that pays you nothing, those credit cards with no rewards, or the consolidation loan that doesn't work, not anywhere near your best in class. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Money for more. And today we're going to help Jimmy magnify his money. Say hi, Jimmy. <coughs>
6: Hey, Joe and OG, kind of smells down there in the basement. I don't know if you guys maybe want to change your socks or take a shower or something. But, you know, I was thinking in light of the possibility of a severe economic downturn from the coronavirus and all the things that the government may possibly throw at the coronavirus from an economic standpoint, it is typically recommended that people, if they should go through hard times, use three to six months of savings in order to finance the downturn that they may experience. However, I was trying to think outside the box and say, hey, if the entire ship possibly burns down and we go into severe recession or depression, wouldn't it be better to use other people's money instead of my three to six month emergency funds? Wouldn't I be better off using personal lines of credit and credit cards in order to finance things such as job loss and other disruptions to my economic life? Uh, The way I feel about it is that I would rather touch and use the bank's money or using my personal savings or 401k or brokerage account for absolute worst-case scenarios. I feel like those things should be my last line of defense. And before I get to my cash, that I should have used everybody else's money uh, before I touched mine. Maybe that's a little shady. I don't know. But, hey, you guys live in a dark, dingy world, uh, and I thought maybe you could... Give me a hint or two. So anyway, this has been Jimmy. I look forward to maybe listening and taking your advice, possibly. Well, I don't know about that, but I'll consider it just the same.
3: Thank What do you say? What do you say? Thanks, Jimmy. Do I say thanks, Jimmy? Thanks. And then like a a promise to change your socks.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's OG socks. We already know that. I mean, let's be real here. So, uh, uh, Pete, you're the guest. Let's start with you using somebody else's money before you, before you raid the emergency fund.
4: Well, there's two types of people in this world. Uh, you know, on Halloween when you go out trick treating with your kids and you leave the, the bucket of candy on your porch and you put a sign that says, grab one piece of candy. There are people who will grab one piece of candy and there will people who will empty the entire bucket into their bag. I am a grab one piece of candy sort of person. So this is to say, I am not a fan of strategic default. I am not a fan of going through someone else's money prior to your own money. I grew up in Speedway, Indiana, steps away from the famed Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I'm an ethicist. I will use my own money first and die on that cross. Amen.
0: Are, are you implying that Jimmy might be a take the whole bag of candy and dump it into his bag guy? I
4: think he's break into my house and take the reserves sort of guy. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. No judgment. This is a no judgment
0: zone, right? No. In, unless it's OG's feet. And then we have that's a problem.
3: Uh, Paul, anything to add there? So I view an emergency fund as it's there so that you don't have to rely on loans or debt, right? It's there as a a preventative measure so that you don't have to put your basic expenses on a credit card with a double-digit interest rate. So to me, the whole point of an emergency fund is that it provides you a defense um, or a first line of protection from using other people's money using loans. Yeah, cuz I
0: think to myself, if let's say the worst case scenario doesn't happen and the economy continues tomorrow, <laughs> I got to pay all that stuff back. Yeah. Or or I do what Pete said, you know, and I default. And, and and then is it my cash gone anyway? I mean, doesn't my cash all get get taken anyway, no matter which uh, bankruptcy protection you go for? I try not to be an expert in bankruptcy, yeah. but I think it does go away. Yeah. OG? Yeah. My
1: first thought was what the fuck is wrong with some people? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I certainly hope that this was kind of like a little bit of a joke. It kind of felt like it, maybe. Like, it was just like, hey, I want a free T-shirt, so I'm going to make something up and, you know, see if I can get the, get, a, get a rise out of the, the team. Mission accomplished. Good job. But I, I just can't even understand why this would be illogical, even if, Uh, Well, I guess take out the I'm going to file bankruptcy on the back end and let's assume that there's no dominoes that fall because of that, which we all know that there's like 42 million other things that can go wrong with that. That scenario. All you did was just take your living expenses and add an extra 15 or 20 percent like Paula said to it. So that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I can pay for one cheeseburger today or I can pay for two cheeseburgers tomorrow, but still only eat one cheeseburger. Like, I, I just don't understand how that would ever make sense to anyone ever. And then if you do the whole, like, I'm going to default thing, the government's not stupid. They, they take all your stuff. They can't take your IRAs and retirement accounts, but they can take all of your brokerage account money. And the, and you know who the first person that gets paid out of that deal is, right? The attorney, cause they're pretty smart. <laughs> they go, well, I'll file this paperwork for you. As soon as you cut me a check for like five grand, you know? So you're out additional money. And then you go to the court process and the judge goes, what about all this money you got? And you go, I didn't want to use it. And he goes, well, guess what? Today's the day. And your credit's ruined and you can't get a job because they're going to look at your credit reports for jobs and your car insurance goes skyrocketing high because people have bad credit are also terrible drivers. I mean, like there's so many other things that go wrong with this idea. Not to mention that you're a total asshole." if that's what you think that you should rack up credit card debt and then go default on it as a means of living, you know, there are people out there who unfortunately are going through that, right? They're trying to, they don't have any emergency fund. They don't have a job. They don't have a way of putting food on the table. And right now they're thinking about like, how am I going to make that $74, you know, minimum payment right now? And, uh, here's a dude that's got a pile of money going. Yeah. I'll rack it up on my credit. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to take it as a joke. <laughs> Funny joke there, Jimmy. <laughs> you got us all. Funny guy. Anyway, you get a free t-shirt. Thanks for writing.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Jimmy. And uh, I, th- I think he's mostly mad. You said his feet stink. That's what I'm thinking. Could have been it. Kind of started out on the wrong foot. <laughs> oh.
1: <Wow>. No. That's <laughs> no? Pretty, good. pretty good. I like <laughs> me. Good. All right. Can you tell he's
0: got three kids with that kind of dad joke going? You can tell. Strong. Yes. Thanks for the question, Jimmy. You got a question for us. Head to steckybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And uh, we will, as snarkily as possible, have OG answer yours as well. (laughs) uh, And the rest of the team chip in. That's going to do it for today, guys. We'll let our guest of honor go last. Paula, what the heck is going on at the Afford Anything podcast?
3: Tell me. On the Afford Anything podcast this week, we had a guy by the name of Joe Salcihi uh, join us on the show to answer lots of questions, including a bunch of questions that we got about the current economic crisis. Is there COVID-19. a crisis?
0: Is there a crisis? Yeah, you
3: know, there's a thing going on right now. I don't oh. know if you've seen the news lately, oh. but there's kind of this thing. Anyway, you'll probably hear about it soon. Um, so yeah, so Joe, you join me to talk about that. And also, uh, we've started this new segment called PSA Thursday, where every Thursday we roll out a bonus episode in which we talk about how to handle these modern times. And so, uh, so this week we talk about the market, like, let's make some sense of the market. What's going on here?
0: It started off as let's make dollars of the market. Now we're down to let's make sense of the market.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) nice fun.
0: You're welcome, America.
3: So, so yes, all of that is on the Afford Anything podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh, gee, you got anything exciting going on this weekend?
1: Actually, I do. My uh, oldest kid turns 13 on Sunday. So he is going to be a quarantine.
0: (laughs) Boo that man. Boo that man. We just can't stop. It just is so horrible. Yeah. Pete, after all that Huber, I'm, I bet you're so happy you joined us again.
4: It's really one of the deepest pleasures I've experienced <laughs> in the last 25 minutes or so.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, Pete. You're welcome. So t- tell us about Hey Money, my friend. What's going on there? Uh,
4: the goal was to answer everyday financial questions at an affordable price. So uh, basically for 20 bucks a month, we give you access to a CFP or accredited financial counselor who can answer all non-investment questions as it relates to your financial strategy. And uh, we think uh, we try to price it for the masses. You don't have to, have to make $100,000 a year to have a good piece of financial advice. You can, you know, make forty grand a year and still have access to good financial advice. So that's our mission. You can go to com to learn more. And
0: uh, rumor has it, you have a podcast. The Pete the
4: Planner Show is now in its... I don't know, it's 10 years. I don't know. It's it, it, Kate. My mom has given it several stars um, and then she f- forgot to log into her account and oh, set up another account and gave me five other stars. So we have, a, we're a 10 star operation, but Pete, the planner show, uh, it's a radio show that then turns into a podcast. So feel free to
0: whatever. So funny. You have your kids on your videos, you're on YouTube, you're all over the place.
4: Yes. Yeah, you can be on YouTube. That's that's a pretty big deal.
0: That is a big deal. Uh, and we'll link <laughs> to all of that, including Hey Money, on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. All right, Doug, you got it from here, my friend. What should we have learned today? What should we
2: have learned today? First, take some advice from our roundtable team. It's important now to deal with the big things and leave your investments alone. Too many people second-guess their plan during downturns second thinking about trading stocks maybe figure out how the levers work first before putting real money on the table although it's different without using actual cash at least you won't be fumbling with the controls and the lingo But the big (laughs) takeaway apparently my dogs in a blanket idea wasn't so novel how on earth did they come up with pigs in a blanket when the treat should clearly be called dogs in a blanket there's just like there's no other way to look at this either way it's delicious special thanks to pete the planner for hanging out with us today you can find out more about pete at pete and hey money at call money.com also a special thanks to michael patak from blue chip you can learn more about blue chip at Bluechip.com. that's spelled blue C-H-X-P.com. uh yeah, you'd never would have gotten that. So just go to find all these links at our show notes page at, uh, you know where that is too. Why do I even do these credits? Everybody knows you just go to the show notes page and you find the secret to life there, right? Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com and the Afford Anything podcast. This show is created by Joe Seahigh, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart online visit us on twitter at s cast or on our facebook page i'm joe's mom's neighbor duggan i'm a lot deeper than you realize in fact sometimes i just stand in front of my mirror and reflect sb Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books giveaway items discounts or other remunerations that's a big word there's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. What are you still doing here? The show is over. Go home.
5: Welcome
0: to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. Miraculously, Doug just came up with this new idea called pigs in a blanket, which always, always kind of, I thought that was just a weird thing. Pigs in a blanket, but. Because hot dogs are not all pig. Well, well, no, I remember thinking pigs in a blanket and then I remember having them and going, these are delicious. Kind of like Doug did today. So I'm wondering if there was a food like that in your life growing up or something that you thought was was not a great thing, and then you're like, oh, oh, I should have been eating this all along or drinking this all along. Pete, you're nodding. You must have one. Tapioca. I, I remember oh. as a kid
4: looking at tapioca and be like, uh, hard pass. But, of course, that wasn't <laughs> a phrase back in the 80s, so I was just like, no. But then my mother-in-law made it once for my daughter, and I was like, let me taste it to make sure you don't die. And it was so good. And then I was pissed at myself for like thirty years of passivity. And I I like it now.
0: I can't do the coconut. I can't do yeah. coconut.
4: I like all of it. Give me I'll take yeah. your coconut.
0: Yes. You can have all my I'm whenever people give me tapioca, Pete, I'm sending it to you. Please do. Yes. Paula?
3: Spam. Like spam, you know, in a can. Have you had spam? Yeah, and it's actually pretty good. I've only had it once, but it's actually not bad.
1: First vegetable juice and now spam. (laughs) And
0: I'm the one getting ridiculed about medical advice. The first spam came out, what, did they say, like in the 1940s or something? And so many people have been going through their cupboards so much lately because of the coronavirus that they're Mm -hmm. about to make a second batch.
3: Ah, so. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, yeah, but it's a setup, but it's spam. It? I know I'm exhausted. That <laughs> <It> took, for, <laughs> <laughs> took forever. I was going to take a nap halfway through getting that one ready, but uh I've never had. Oh, gee, have you had spam?
1: It seems a lot like grilled baloney to me, which I did have a lot of when I was a kid. I don't know. I do not. I would not care for that. Did I'm not even going to. I'm not Pete, even going to try it ever.
4: Pete, have you had spam? I had it in Hawaii once. They have like a thing with rice and spam in Hawaii. I, I, I try to pronounce it, but I don't need the emails that are not giving me the mahalo
0: I deserve. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, Paula, when did your spam uh, enlightenment happen?
3: I also had it in Hawaii. Did you um, really? So that, so that was the one time that I tried it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I mean, it, it just on its face, it sounds disgusting. Like meat in a can that's shelf stable. It just, ugh. But you've never but gone back.
0: You've never gone it's back. It's actually
3: quite good. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like it enough that I would go seek it out or buy it. But uh, <laughs> but if I were offered it, yeah, I'd eat it. It's not like a vegetable drink. Spoken <laughs>
0: yeah, by exactly. somebody
1: who has never eaten a whole bunch of MREs in her lifetime. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you get the meat one, you go, oh, man, I'll trade you for some crackers or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. OG, got got a favorite?
1: I feel like we just talked about something like this recently, didn't we? The grilled octopus and uh, oh. and caviar. Oh, you did. And That's pink right. champagne is really good. You did. Pink champagne. Yeah. Rosé.
0: Yeah.
1: I drink, I'd drink that stuff every day if I could. It's really, you know, out of my price range, as is uh, grilled octopus and caviar. But where I had it, it was really good. So
0: drink that, drink that every day. and then, then start your 12-step program. I'm sorry,
1: you guys are talking about spam. And I'm like, yeah, I tried weird food once. I had caviar and (laughs) grilled octopus. It was delicious.
0: Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine...